0: Okay, so God's Word talks a lot about the fact that He wants you to enjoy your life, that He wants to fill you with His abundant joy. But the question is, how exactly can you get that happening in your life? I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today on the program, we're going to chat about that very thing, how to get the joy of the Lord back into your life. Great stuff. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about my free daily devotional, Fresh. It's all about helping you draw closer to Jesus so that filled with the joy of the Lord, you can be all that he created you to be. Well, last week on the program, we started our look at the joy of the Lord. Now, the joy of the Lord isn't an idea that I've come up with. It's something that the Bible talks about. And that phrase, the joy of the Lord, is a phrase that appears only once in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah in chapter 8. So we're going to take a look at that today in a whole bunch more detail, because it's one thing to talk about it, but it's another thing altogether to experience it day by day in our lives. But before we go there, let's just recap on the important, the profound difference between happiness and joy. Because unless we get that difference, the rest of our discussion about the joy of the Lord will, I suspect, miss the mark. Remember that happiness is our response to our circumstances. We're happy when our circumstances please us, when things are going our way. We're happy when we feel blessed, when we feel loved, when we feel valued, when we have enough to eat and enough to drink. Happiness is our emotional reflection of positive circumstances and so happiness is of this world. It's not a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but it's a fleeting thing because our circumstances aren't always in our favour, are they? So happiness deserts us when we need it most, when the going gets tough joy on the other hand is a gift from God the Bible talks a lot about joy and remember the Greek words for joy and for grace are almost identical they come from the same root word meaning that the joy is the free gift of God and the reason that the Bible can so often talk about joy in the context of suffering is that joy doesn't desert you when the going gets tough to the contrary the joy of the Lord is actually your strength It's an important difference, and that brings me to chapter 8 of the book of Nehemiah, where we're introduced to this concept of the joy of the Lord being our strength. So here's the situation. Israel has not long returned to Jerusalem following a 70-year exile in Babylon as slaves. When they get back, by God's grace, they discover, not surprisingly, that Jerusalem has been destroyed. It's been 70 years after all. The most important thing in the beginning is to rebuild the wall that surrounds the city to protect them from attack. That's when Nehemiah comes in. God anointed him to lead that massive building effort and they've just finished. Now this wall was around four kilometres or two and a half miles long. Not so bad you think, but, but wait on for a bit. It was over ten metres or forty feet high and thick thick enough not to be destroyed by enemies who would come against the city. It had gates and watchtowers and and battlements built into it. And for over three years, they'd been slaving away to build this wall by hand, moving massive stones. Remember, there were no cranes or trucks or power tools. These people had been slogging their guts out for God and for the city. And the easiest thing in the world to do when you're doing that is to lose your joy. So let's pick up the story. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 1 to 10. All the people gathered together into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early in the morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law." The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the purpose and beside him stood Mataniah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, Messiah on his right hand and Pediah and Mishael and Malchijah and Hashem and Hashbadahana and Zechariah and Mushalem on his left hand. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of the people for he was standing above all the people and when he opened it all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Yeshua and Bani and Sherebiah and Yamin and Akub and Shabbatai and Hodiah and Messiah and Kalita and Azariah and Jezebad and Hanan and Pele and the Levites helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the book of the law, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn, do not weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our God and do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, that's a pretty amazing story from, from a number of perspectives. And it's a story that we're going to unpack today and over the next couple of weeks because there are some powerful truths in there about how do they hold of the joy of the Lord. The first and most amazing thing is that the people stood there in the square for several hours to listen to the word of God being read and preached. <laughs> I know churches these days where if the preacher goes over his allotted 25 minutes, everyone starts getting twitchy. Now, they got everyone together, the whole city, and they listened to the Torah, the law of God, being proclaimed and explained, and it cut them so deeply to the heart that they wept. It moved them so deeply that it cut them to the quick. I wonder how many of us have ever linked a real heart for God's word with the deep joy in our lives. I wonder. We joined the nation of Israel at a time in their history when joy was apparently in short supply, and understandably too. The rejoicing that they'd experienced on returning to Jerusalem after 70 years in slavery and exile in Babylon had probably worn off a little bit because they'd spent several years building a massive, 40-foot-high, thick defensive wall around the city. Hard work is exhausting work as they laboured by hand day after day for years to build up their defences. So their leader in this venture, a man by the name of Nehemiah, called everyone together under the scribe Ezra and had them engage with God's word. Not just a little bit, but a lot. Let's quickly recap on part of that story. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 3. He read from it facing the square before the water gate from early in the morning until midday in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Early in the morning. Let's be kind and say that was around 8 a.m., although it was probably earlier even than that. So these people, men and women and teenagers, those who could understand, stood there for at least four hours listening to God's word being read and proclaimed in their midst. Now, in some parts of the world, that's hardly remarkable. I've been to plenty of five hour church services in India, for instance. But in other parts of the world, comfortable Western countries in particular, That's almost unbelievable. What was Nehemiah thinking? What was Ezra doing? Well, as a leader, Nehemiah had the wisdom to know that the people had been slogging away day after day, hard labour, to build this massive structure. And when you're working that hard for that long, the joy and the peace of life drains out of you. You, You've been there, right? You're doing good things, but but they're draining you and, and you turn around only to discover that there's no joy left inside you. And when you're joyless, you become weak. I mean, it's easy to keep on keeping on as something you really enjoy, but something that you don't enjoy, it's amazing how the strength, the resolve just just drains out of you, isn't it? My wife recently decided for health reasons she'd start drinking dandelion tea. I'm not sure what it's supposed to do for you, and I'm I'm not sure how much scientific evidence there is that it's good for you, but here she goes. She decided to drink dandelion tea. Now, have you ever tasted or smelled dandelion tea? Well, I did just once. It is absolutely disgusting, really. Whenever she drinks it, she screws up a whole face. I can guarantee you one thing. It's not going to last very long. You can't keep on drinking something that tastes disgusting, no matter how good it's supposed to be for you. And in the same way, you can't keep on doing something diligently over and over again if you don't enjoy it. I, by and large, don't naturally enjoy exercise. Some people do. I don't. But I've found a few forms of exercise that I really do enjoy. I love interval training on an exercise bike. I love getting out there and walking, and, and I enjoy weight training. So those are the forms of exercise that I do. In the same way, you can't keep on honouring God unless you're enjoying it. And that's what Nehemiah understood. That's why he brought God's people back to God's word. That's why he organized for Ezra and the other Levites to get out there and to teach and explain God's word to the people. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 4 to 8. The scribe Ezra stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the very purpose. And beside him stood Matt and I and a whole bunch of guys with really hard to pronounce names. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also, Yeshua and a whole bunch of other guys with really hard to pronounce names, Levites, helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. So so this wasn't just reading it was understanding and the impact on the people was truly amazing Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 9 And Nehemiah who was the governor and Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people said to all the people This day is holy unto the Lord your God Do not mourn or weep For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law They, they wept The word of God cut them to the quick God's word penetrated their hearts and that right there is the place where you begin to discover joy. That right there, when your heart softens and you hear the amazing things that God has done for you and they reach you deep inside and your heart wants to burst, it brings tears to your eyes. When I'm preaching and I start talking about Jesus on that cross, I almost always choke up Because because that's what the amazing love and the amazing grace of God does for you. And when you get that love and that grace inside you, bang, you get God inside you. And when you get God inside you, his joy comes with him. Verse 10 of Nehemiah chapter 8. Then he said to them, "'Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing has been prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord.' And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And and when you get the joy of the Lord into you, it becomes your strength. It becomes easier, much easier to honour God, to obey God, to follow his call on your life, because you're filled with his joy. Obedience is no longer like dandelion tea. It's like sweet nectar that you've never tasted. That's how it's meant to work, because the joy of the Lord Is your strength. Isn't that just a beautiful thing? For some reason, churches are filled with Christians who don't take the Word of God seriously. Listen up, the Bible Engagement Center in the United States did some really serious research, but they wanted to know what, if anything, a Christian could do in order to experience victory in their lives, to win the day, as it were. They surveyed several tens of thousands of people and asked them all the things that they do as an expression of their faith. They pray and go to church and sing worship songs and attend small groups, on and on, all that stuff, including reading the Bible. Several dozen different things. And here's what they discovered. The one thing, the One thing, more than any other, that gives people the victory that they're looking for is engaging with God's word four times a week or more. Not three times, not two times, four times a week or more. The head researcher said this, The statistical correlation between reading your Bible four times a week or more and living in victory is stronger than the statistical correlation between smoking and lung cancer. Nothing else even came close. Go figure. And, and you want to know why that is? Because in order to have victory, you need to have strength. And where do you get the strength that you need to overcome temptation, to defeat Satan, to persevere through trials, to love difficult people? Where do you actually get that? The joy of the Lord is your strength. And the place where you get that is the living word of the living God just like these people of God under the leadership of Nehemiah and the tutelage of Ezra. Are you getting this? Do you see why God's word is so important? Do you see why the joy of the Lord is absolutely vital in your Christian walk? So, what are you waiting for? When you think about it, no matter what happens to be going on in your life just at the moment, you actually have rather a lot of things worth celebrating. Last week on the program, we were looking at the time in Israel's history when they had just returned from 70 years of slavery in exile in Babylon, and they'd done probably the most important thing they needed to do in re-establishing Jerusalem. They'd built the massive protective wall around the city that they needed in order to be able to defend it against invasion. But they were tired, they were exhausted, and so a lot of the joy had gone out of their lives. That's why their leader Nehemiah brought them back to God's word. Because as we saw, hearing God speak, when we let the word of God really touch us deep inside, fills our hearts with joy. I'm not just talking here about sitting through some boring sermon and and letting your mind wander. We've all been there, right? I'm talking here, or in fact God is talking here in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, back in the Old Testament, about letting his word penetrate your heart. That's what, as we saw, happened to the Israelites as they gathered to hear the scribe Ezra and his helpers preach God's word. They were moved to tears. Have you ever had someone say something so kind, so generous, so loving to you that you would just move to tears? Well, that's what was going on here when the Israelites were so deeply moved by the word of God. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law and that's the sort of preaching that you and I need to hear that that's the sort of preaching that we need to listen to the sort that's anointed by God the sort that is clearly God speaking to us through the preacher not the dead boring words that some people preach but but words of power many many years later the apostle paul put it like this 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 He said, when I come to you, brothers and sisters, I I don't come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in, in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. Powerful, anointed, spirit-filled proclamation of God's word. That's what you and I need. So they were deeply moved, moved to tears. And yet the next thing they were told by the Levites is a bit surprising. Let's take another look. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And then he said to them, "'Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine, "'and send portions of them to those for whom nothing has been prepared.'" For this day is holy to our Lord. Don't be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, go and celebrate what God's done for you. Go and celebrate the fact that he's brought us back out of exile, out of slavery, and helped us to build this amazing defensive wall against all the opposition that we were confronted by. Go and celebrate the word of God that you've just heard. His power, his majesty, his grace, his mercy. Go on, eat good food, drink good wine, share it with the poor. Celebrate this day, for God is our God and we are his people. Go on, celebrate. Celebration of God's goodness and love and provision is so important As you read the Old Testament, you discover that the Jewish calendar was full of celebrations and remembrances. And today, we continue with that theme every time we participate in communion, remembering what Jesus did for us. One of the reasons I think that there is so little joy in people's lives, well, two of the reasons really are these. Firstly, as I said before the break, we don't take God's word to heart. We, we don't listen to the amazing, powerful, loving words that God is speaking to us. That's the first one. And the second one is that we simply don't celebrate enough the goodness of God in our lives. Not just at church on a Sunday, not just at Easter or Christmas. They're great celebrations, to be sure, but each and every day of our lives. There's a choice I made a long time ago. I decided to live my whole life as a celebration of what God's done for me. That doesn't mean that every day is a fantastic, wonderful day where, where the sun's shining and the birds are singing. No. Some days are dark and stormy and uncomfortable and, and hard and challenging and painful, right? But when we celebrate God and all that he's done for us, when we remember the goodness of God on the good days and the bad ones, life changes. That, that happiness that's deserted us in the dark times is replaced by, by a joy that never leaves you, no matter how bad things get. You see, our problem is that we stick all that spiritual God stuff over here in this box, a box that we open maybe on Sundays or every now and then when we pray or read our Bibles, but a box that remains closed for much of the rest of the week. Have a listen to Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Everything about your life can be a celebration of God's glory. And when we celebrate the good things that God's done for us through Jesus in our lives for real, that joy that we so desperately need comes flooding back. And with the joy comes the strength that we need to make it through. Compare that to how you feel when you're grumbling and complaining, right? Come on the joy of the Lord really is your strength.